Hello and welcome to another episode of our Brothers Creed podcast where we talk about motivation, experiences, and we explore the world around us. We are the Thomas Brothers and I'm Jared. And I am Ethan. And today we have on an awesome guest, Anthony Asbury. And he is the uh, the, the founder, the owner of uh, an organization called the Whole Man Academy. And he is a, a, a podcaster, a men's coach, um, just kind of an all-around great guy. So he he's actually based out of London. Um, UK. So he's, a inter- he's in the countryside the of the UK. Yeah. yeah, the countryside of the UK. So he's an international guest on the podcast. And uh, we just kind of, we, we have a, a very candid, frank conversation with him about uh, kind of some of the, the issues that uh, a lot of men are uh, struggling with today, to be completely honest. He, he calls it the silent struggle. Um, and we kind of go through and, and we talk about some strategies on uh, how we can overcome that that silent struggle, how we can be better, and uh, to to share a little sn- snippet uh, of some of the things that he says um, is he talks about uh, mindset and he talks about how your 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 mind and your thoughts control how you feel. Uh, and so it's it's a really great pro- podcast. Uh, I would suggest that you listen the whole way through it. Uh, let us know what you think. Uh, because I, I think that it'll, it's definitely a creed builder for sure. Absolutely. Let's go ahead and dive in. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Most valuable commodity I know of is information. And that, my friends, is called integrity. That's called courage. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of. Either you're somebody, or you're nobody. You're not the devil. You're practice. All right, we're here with Anthony Asprey. Thanks so much for joining us, Anthony. Pleasure. Good to uh, good to connect with you guys, two brothers. Yeah, this is actually the first. I think. Um, I'm just thinking about the international conversations we've had. We've, we've spoke with a guy from Canada who was like a treasure hunter. He was a scuba diver. Uh, and then we met with a guy from Kyrgyzstan who ran an orphanage. And I think you're one of the, I think you're number three of our international uh, interviews. Guests here on the uh, podcast. Yeah. So Glad to be here. Always <laughs> good to work. I think it's important to, I mean, I've done what, 130 podcasts now and I've split it between guys all across the world because you get a really different take from people on on actually what's going on in their country for men at the moment, men and women, but, you know, I focus on the men. So I think it's great to kind of broaden your horizons and talk to people from all across the world. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, Anthony, I know that uh, you guys, uh, it's you and a, and a partner who started the, the what's called the Whole Man Academy, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, the, the partner and I um, went our different ways fairly, probably about a year into the Whole Man Academy because we wanted to, I think, basically go different ways. My focus was on um, mental health is part of the makeup of a man, but I I don't think I wanted to talk about it all the time. Mm -hmm. And I was going back to, I've created the whole man Academy, which is a movement for men to help them lead an epic life. And that's depends what that epic life looks like to you. Cause if you've got four kids as you have, then that's different to if you're a single guy in his twenties or thirties with, you know, loads of free time. Yeah. Um, But what I saw was the gap in the market for, 
let's call it bringing men together because we know that men don't talk very much and the personal development aspect, which I've been to the States and gone to Tony Robbins events with 5,000 people and seen the power of transformation. But transformation is so much easier, I think, when it's in person instead of you know digital on a, on a screen. Um, so, you know, we, we have worked well together for a while and realized one of us wanted to focus purely on mental health, which was great, mm. but I didn't. I wanted it to be mindset, fitness, nutrition, relationships, all the different things that make up a whole man. Yeah, the holistic um, view of a man, yeah. That's it, fatherhood being one of them. So uh, so now it's it's me and I have a small team of people that kind of help me, but basically I get to say where we go and what we do, which I think is a, a man being in control and not being told what to do by others is priceless. Excellent. And I know that you guys, I was just you know doing some research before, uh, before the episode here, and you guys have your... Uh, you do some personal coaching, you do some group coaching, you do uh, those group dinner, group get togethers and, and dinners uh, that you were referring to. Uh, and really, I was just uh, I was reading beforehand your mission here. And if it's OK, I'd love to just read your, your mission for our, yeah. uh, our listeners. Uh, I, you said the whole man Academy mission is to help men lead their own version of an epic life. And you said our ultimate aim is to help a guy become confident and capable so he lives with a smile on his face and can navigate any challenge thrown at him. Uh, I think that's a, a great mission. That's well in line with our mission as well, just to help people mm. become resilient, uh, especially, I mean, already we, we have some women that listen to us, but mostly guys, uh, because I think most of the guys will yeah. relate to the stuff that we do. But Do you know what the split is? But I know that without, um, with our podcast, considering it's the whole man academy and it's men talking to men about men's things, yeah. And about twenty percent of our listeners were female. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I would say I mean, we've actually had a couple female guests come on um, and talk about different things. Um, you know, whether it's you know, real estate or budgeting or you know some some different areas of expertise. Um, you know, I I would say it's probably a, a small percentage of, of women that are actually listening. But, you know, I don't know if I had to throw a number out there, maybe 10, 15 percent. Yeah, I think it, it shows that I know you're not just talking to men, but it shows like for all of us that like I, you know, I've got a partner and uh, prior to I've been with Emma for like 12 years now. I, I get that wrong a lot and she gets cross with that. So I should know this stuff, but it's about 12 <laughs> years. But, you know, trying to understand women is like trying to nail jelly to the wall. It's very <laughs> difficult, nigh on impossible. And I think for women, they want to understand for their own partner or a future partner or maybe a father or a brother, what is going on in a man's head. And I'm not sure we already know what's going on in a man's <laughs> head sometimes. So it's, uh, it's, you know, I think to be inquisitive of the opposite sex is, is important. It shows you um, are open-minded. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. Well, one thing I, I wanted to maybe start off a conversation with was part of your 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 audience with the Whole Man Academy is you you talk about uh, the, that guy who's in his maybe thirties, forties, who's started to feel maybe unfulfilled. Maybe he's having like a not quite not quite the quarter life crisis, but maybe a, a delayed quarter life crisis or an early midlife crisis, if you will. Yeah, uh, and he's feeling just like he's off track. Um, maybe we could start as why do you think that men get to that situation? Uh, maybe let's start there. How, how do you, how is it that we get to this situation? 
Yeah, I think there's multiple angles to go at this. One of them is from my years of either working with men. I mean, I worked in the city in London for pretty much just under 20 years, and it was a massively male-dominated environment. So, I mean, it was in broking and trading mm -hmm. primarily. So on a broking floor, you'd have, you know, let's say 300 men. And, then, and it might be like 5% women, but, you know, a lot of men. Yeah. And therefore a lot of times you got to sit and study what people were talking about when it wasn't work. And we had a lot of spare time in our hands as a broker or a trader, you, you know, you, you don't have any other work to do really apart from talk to clients and execute trades. So mm. that was it. And what I saw was that men going through like phases of life. And I think we can all have it with relationships, with careers, with anything. You might love something for a while, but then at some point you're like, you know, you start to look around and I say, you think, is this it? Is this what I'm going to do forever? Mm -hmm. um, and I always try and use my own experience of, you know, I worked in several roles, but um, you got well paid and, you know, it was a good working environment as such because you were sitting in an office, you're not on a battlefield or, you know, not washing plates or something, yeah. but you'd sit there and for 200 hours a month at your desk and you'd be like, I'm, you know, it was in my mid thirties. Am I honestly going to do this? Even though you get well paid for another 20 years, like what, what impact are you having? And it's that reassessment that when I talk to guys, it doesn't mean what they're doing. They've always hated it. They might have enjoyed it, but we change, we evolve. And one day you look around and just be like, am I making the impact that I want to, or, or the money, or you want freedom? I mean, as, as a dad now, you guys, you know, I don't know what age your kids are, but I was literally thinking this morning, I developed a, I spent a lot of time at the gym when I was younger and I got to the stage where I had a cover model body. So I, you know, I'd like to have thought I could have maybe been on the front cover of men's health. I probably wasn't quite that the body of that, but in my head, I got to a good stage and I used to be quite negative towards men that didn't bother to look after themselves like that. And now I realized I was single. I had loads <laughs> of money coming in and, uh, and I left work and I could do what I want every night. So I could go to the gym, but yeah. once you've got kids, everything changes. So, you know, phases of man's life. So many of them are now looking and working from home is a huge one, guys. I mean, in the States, I know it's just as, when I say just as bad as it is here, of course, I would say working from home is a bit like water. You know, we need water to live, but if you have too much water, you'll drown. And for some people, if they're at a certain stage of life, working from home is great for them. But often it's the guys maybe with a family and they're slightly further on in their career. But if you're a 20 year old guy, you want to be in the hub of an office and learning from people and maybe dating girls in the office and doing stuff like that. And yeah. it's not sitting at home on your own all day. So we've seen a lot of the guys who thought they liked working from home. And then within six months to a year have said, it's working from home isn't working for me. So there's multiple ways that a guy gets to that, let's call it midlife time and just goes, you know, is this it? And, and thinks about wanting to do something different. But often you get stuck in the old trappings of success, which is good salary, you know, fairly safe career. You want to go and do something else that actually lights you up. And everybody else says, you're mad. You won't earn as much money. It's a risk. And that's where most guys stop because they're like, all right. Yeah. So I'll throw, it back to, I'll throw it back to you at that point. Yeah. Either, either way, I'll, I'll let you, yes, you speak first here. Yeah, it's just it it's it's funny. Um, you know, you say a lot of these things and and a, a lot of them resonate, you know, our our Jared and I's kids are are kind of ages from like 9 to 2. Uh we each have four kids. Um and just that you you kind of get in a point to where you feel comfortable, right? You're 
with your salary, your work environment. You're kind of just like, it's not uncomfortable enough to be like, I need change. But it's not uncomfortable enough to, 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 to say, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump out and 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 do something else. So, um, you know, so w- w- with these guys that you talk to, and with the exposure that you get to these type of men that are in these situations, what uh, d- do you help them find paths away from those situations, or? Um, kind of what what is your strategy, I guess, for helping them feel happier and more fulfilled and and more confident and 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 um, you know, I guess just happier in their life. Is it is it finding a new career? Is it is it leaving your job? Is that the answer? Or you know, is it doing something different? Or is it starting a hobby? Or is it you know what? what have you seen that has been successful with some of these men that are kind of starting to get these feelings? Yeah, it's, um, I guess the simple answer is it depends and depends a to un- unsurprising on their situation, but also it depends on their budget. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's, that's why, you know, I, I know myself, I've probably spent through the, through the Tony Robbins stuff. I was say lucky. I worked hard to have a decent amount of money in the bank, but I spent, probably five grand on the package. And then I flew to Miami and I took time off in London. I went to Tenerife and stayed at the Ritz. So that it probably cost me 15 grand in total. Um, and I had it there where well, for a year or two later, someone said to me, Oh, um, how much did all this stuff cost you? And I was like, I rounded it up in the end. I was like, probably like 15 to 20 grand. And they were like, well, that's a lot of money. What did you get for it? And I held my phone up and I had a picture of my little boy. And I said, because when I went to Tony Robbins, I wasn't sure if I wanted to stay with my partner or not. Hmm. And it wasn't because she wasn't great. It was like, it's a big commitment to say, we're going to be together and stay with that person. And the reflective time that I allowed myself then, which was, am I showing up as the partner? I think I should be in a relationship and then kind of worked on that was similar to what I look at with a guy, because it can be, we know guys that have got a great career, and they're fit and healthy and they've got a great family, but they haven't got a partner and they're, and that's the one thing they crave. I know others that have got all of that, but haven't got kids and maybe they can't have kids. And that's their thing. Others that have got a career, but don't earn much money. And with the inflation, which is a total joke at the moment and completely uh, deliberately created, I might add, but for that, you've got guys that are saying, look, I can't afford my lifestyle. And even if it's not an expensive lifestyle. So, you've got all these different guys with different and we call them a silent struggle because yeah. every guy in some way has got a silent struggle. I've had them in the past with, I had a collapsed lung and uh, you know, I, I really struggled with kind of, I wanted, hence why I built a cover model body because I said I'll go from here, which is skinny and weak and slightly ill at that point to strong, capable, confident, and of course more attractive in theory to the opposite sex. So there's so many things that make up the man the big thing is, has he got the ability to be truthful to himself about what it is? Yeah, we've we've had a couple of different guys on that do men's coaching and stuff, and it's interesting every every time to hear different theories and uh, and things. You know, one guy that we had on, he talked a story about how he got uh, liver. He he had an issue with his liver, and he did a liver transplant, and he was yeah. basically. You know, one day he was sitting at his job and he's like, what am I doing here? Like, is this what I want to do for my life? I hate this. Uh, But then after he got his liver transplant, he was actually 
more sad than he was before. And he really mm-hmm. talked about having a mental mind shift uh, and how actually he continued to do the same job after he was an actuary. Uh, but how seeing things, changing his perspective to see things differently, aligning his work with his personal goals. To, you know, his personally, he was like, I want to uplift those around me. I want to uplift men. And he was a manager at this actuary firm. And so he's like, that was aligned with my goal. And now I actually found meaning in my work. Uh, we met with another guy who's a personal coach, and he was just like, first thing you got to do is get absolutely jacked, you know. Uh, and his, his approach was a little bit different. And he was saying, uh, you know, like, forget about yourself totally uh and you're you're in fact one thing he said to me he was like you're he's like you guys are dead he's like your focus is on your family and i I thought a lot about that and i was like you know i I don't know if i personally i don't know if i totally agree with that i think that it's like every man you should you should be an example for your kids uh and the things that you the passions that you uh follow and and the zest you give to your own life i think your kids are going to look at that as an example. And I was like, you know, when I try to teach my kids about stuff, uh, what's the best way that I can teach them entrepreneurship? What's the best way that I can teach them to go after something that they want? I can do it yep. myself so that they, that they can say, Hey, my dad did this. Why can't I do this? That's a, it goes a lot further than teaching your kids, you know, about entre- entrepreneurship or pointing to another entrepreneur out there and saying, Hey, go look at this guy. Look what he did. It's like, no, yeah. look at me. I'm the dad and I'm going out here you know, I'm doing things I'm passionate about. Uh, and that's why recently, you know, I started doing jiu-jitsu with my kids, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu with my kids. And I, Ethan and I do the podcast. And so, you know, we do lots of different things that follow my passions. And I, and I even then, you know, I'm one of those guys in his mid-30s. You know, and even with all that stuff I do, I'm like, I, I still feel like there's more I could do or, or I, I want to do more. And, and yeah. I'm sitting. I'm sitting at the office on a Wednesday, and I'm just like, "Oh man, is this what I'm going to be doing for this? Isn't bad, but yeah. is this what I'm going to be doing for the next yeah well, thirty years?" I mean, you you said some important bits there, and it comes back to when we said about sometimes people want to change, but they're not ready to change. Mm-hmm. So you can give them. I mean, you know, I've seen it myself. Um, you can give them all the tools to do what they need to do, and through no fault, they're, they're just not ready, or it's not. Ethan, you said it's not got painful enough yet. Mm-hmm. And then one day you'll have someone that might have contacted you saying, oh, I'm interested in coaching or you know, slash mentoring. And, you know, obviously that costs a lot of money for depends what you consider a lot of money. But they'll come back a while later and be like, I'm ready now, but I wasn't ready before. And often because they need to get permission from and for an office partners, yeah. uh, if you know, it depends what budget you're on. But I said, that's that's why for us, we create content that is free a podcast and we send a, a whole man journal every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, which is free content with thought provoking insights and ideas. So you've got some guys that maybe haven't got the budget to ever pay for personal coaching, which is going to propel you faster, but at least they feel like they're moving forward and they're not having to shell out money. And I think that's important because, you know, I appreciate not everybody's got, you know, 10 grand to drop into personal development but if you, my thing is, if you've got the willingness to do it and make some effort, then you're on the right road. Because I know some people have got loads of money, want to change, just can't be bothered. Whereas I'd rather have the hungry guy that's like, I've managed to get enough money together to buy this online course, and I'm going to do everything that you say instead of the ones that have spent the money, but it doesn't really mean anything. So the, the hunger and the drive to change, I think, is is uh, is priceless for men because it's easy to sleepwalk through life and then look back a few years later and be like. I haven't done anything with my life. Yeah. What would yeah. you say 
to someone who, you know, maybe doesn't know exactly what they want to do. Uh, you know, let's just say you got someone in a situation where they're making decent money. They've got kids. They've got a, a decent relationship with their spouse. They work out. Uh, you know, they're, they're doing pretty good, uh, you could say. But they're kind of just like, uh, I feel like I want to do something more or do something different, or something that I'm more passionate about. But they don't really have a specific thing in mind to do. Yeah. How, how would you coach that person or, or even like push them to, to be great when you don't know what direction to push them in? It, that, yeah, well, it's a good point because one question would be, well, they like they don't need it. Like they just 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 keep going and doing what you're doing until it does come to you. But mm-hmm. I always think for some people, um, it's like, what would you do if money wasn't wasn't an issue? You know, if if you said next week, like, what are you interested in? If someone's like, you know, I'd go wakeboarding or surfing or whatever. You're like, okay, well, maybe there's something around that. If it hasn't got to be a monetary exchange of them doing something, we call it a side hustle or side adventure. And I think there's a there's a difference between I think a side hustle is a monetary, but a side adventure is a you do it just because you love it. But if you can combine the two, it's amazing. And a great example for me, when I was working in the city in the last four years, I got into doing obstacle course racing. So like your Spartan races and, yeah. and there's loads of and I did one race um, and it was in, in central London. It was a night race for men's health magazine. And I was fairly fit and what have you. But I remember there was about 5,000 people did the race. It was at night. You got soaking wet, freezing cold. It was about 5K, which isn't very long, but it was cold. And I came over the line and I'd finished about 200th out of 5,000 without having any training or really knowing what I was doing. And I was like, oh, I enjoyed that. What if I got the right shoes, you know, ate the right things, trained a bit more? And that's how I progressed to kind of competing in the world championships in America. So I flew out to Ohio um, and it was the obstacle course racing championships out there, which was, I think, 12 or 14 kilometers through some serious terrain in oh. Ohio. And none of that, that, that cost me money, mm-hmm. but that was my thing every few weekends that gave me the motivation to train, to eat well, to sleep well, to not drink too much on nights out sometimes. Um, and that was my side adventure, but I wasn't doing it to make money. Mm-hmm. But when I was leaving the city, I contemplated creating something around it, which I didn't. But if I could have made money whilst doing something you love, that's that's where things get really, really interesting. That's awesome. Uh, I, I like that advice. You know, if you had all the money and it wasn't a concern, what would, what would you do? What would you do with your time? Um, that's that's awesome. It so, probably uh, insurance or accounting or estate. Yeah. <laughs> probably. There's nothing wrong with those. But let's face it, most people it ends up going back to probably something more adventurous or a, a hobby that involves not sitting yeah. at a screen for 10 hours a day, but each, each their own. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I know that you and your organization, you, you get people together um, a lot. How have you seen um, that like getting men together has, has helped them? Um, do you feel like it's, people can talk through their their struggles together or they can lean on each other or um is that kind of like a a, an opportunity for people to 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 grow together or how has how has being together physically in groups of men uh how have you seen that as a positive thing it's a good question because um i know we try and keep the language clean clean on your podcast so i won't use the term but um what what really frustrates me still is that of course lockdowns uh 
did not help. Let's yeah. put it that way. Yep. And we built up momentum. Um, I mean, our first event was 2018. Didn't really have a clue what we were doing. It was just, let's get men together. And, you know, but a lot of guys afterwards were like, hey, the speakers were good because we had a couple of ex-sports guys and this, that, and the other. But also it was the connections you made from completely different networks of men that you would probably never have met before. And I realized that some of the value was in the breaks. And it's just like a Tony Robbins event. You know, you go there for him, but then during lunch or what have you, you meet other connections and find common ground. But I mean, in 2019, we held, I can't remember, like another six or seven events. And one of those, we had like 65 guys come along, which was, you know, a, a good effort for, we weren't trying to have massive events. You wanted it to be in interesting locations, but lockdowns completely killed it. And it was really frustrating for me because, you know, momentum doesn't happen immediately. It needs to be built up over time. And yeah. we tried to go to doing it online, which is okay, but you know, it's not the same. Yeah. Um, so what I found was that lockdowns helped the desire for men to get back together um, and, and in person. So tomorrow night, we've got a dinner up near me. And I must admit, it's only our second dinner up here in the countryside. So I kind of thought, there might not be much take up, but we've got 15 guys coming to it, which is, you know, as, as many as we could have. And that's what I saw was guys saying, what else do you do to connect with other guys? Because at work, you're working and you're not going to be fully honest about things. And family's family and sports is sports. But there's somewhere in between that, that guys get together, hear from, like tomorrow night, we've got a, a productivity expert talking for about 10 minutes. I'll do a quick talk to start with about man's silent struggle. And then it'll be a very relaxed affair. But what you'll find is that guys make new connections that they wouldn't and talk in the breaks and see what blossoms from there. So you're not there saying, right, you've got to tell me what's going wrong. But yeah. if a guy knows he's in that environment where other guys are open to listening and talking, they kind of, you know, your, your shoulders relax a bit instead of feeling like you're, there's a lot of pressure on you. So it's not easy. I've said the hardest thing with men is getting bums on seats for events because men are more lone wolf. If it was the whole woman academy, I'd be a millionaire. You'd sell out. <laughs> I've so many women been like, "Oh my god, I love your idea!" Like, I, 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 I would come if I if I could. And I'm like, "Thanks, but you know, send your husband." But yeah, then yeah. she'll say, "Oh, I've given my husband your email address, or have you?" And you won't hear from them because men are like, "What? what? I didn't get it. I don't get what it is." Thanks, bye. Yeah, yeah. Do do you find working with men sometimes that there's a lot of, um. And I'm going to use this word, but but maybe this isn't really the word I'm looking for, but just like pride, I guess, or, you know, just kind of like a tough guy type thing where it's, they don't want to open up or be vulnerable mm -hmm. at all. Yeah, Ethan, you're spot on because um, it's funny that there's that balance between I think we've gone slightly the wrong way with um, people sharing themselves crying on on, you know, on their Instagram and stuff. And it feels a little bit fake when I mean, there, there was a guy on LinkedIn. I don't know if you guys use LinkedIn, but I think it was last year where he, he did a post where he was talking about the fact he had to make some people redundant, but like he put a picture of himself with all tears falling down his face. And you're like, really? Like, come on. Like, did you, did you get the camera out and take a photo? And we're like, Oh, you can't see the tears probably in this one. Like, let's, <laughs> you know, cause you, cause it, no point doing one of those unless you've got some glistening. So is it like, I'll do another. Yeah, that's the one. And I'll put a filter on it. It, that doesn't feel right for me but guys need to understand that if things are getting you down and the pressure is building up if you don't release it in some way unfortunately we know the the destructive coping mechanisms of porn social media eating too much or not enough exercising too much not enough 
being you know being aggressive to your family just being pissed off with life or the sad thing is ultimately saying i'm done and checking out Mm -hmm. so it's trying to find with guys that balance of it's good to talk about these things but i always use the example that 80 percent of people don't care about your problems and 20 percent of people are glad you've got them so you'd be (laughs) very be very clear about who you choose to talk about your silent struggle because some people might not even they just don't know what to say Mm -hmm. and i'm i'm currently writing um yesterday was writing a proposal to be doing corporate well-being coaching so that's not making them more productive it's jared comes to me you're working for a big company and says i don't know what's up man like i just want someone to talk to you don't want to go to therapy because that feels too clinical and you don't want to call a helpline because that's useless it's not personal enough you need someone that says jared man i know you've got four kids this is tough. You've got to sleep. You've got to eat. You've got to work you know, and can understand where you're coming from. So it's it's finding for a guy that I call it the gap before you need clinical help. You shouldn't have got to that stage. But as soon as you think, Do you know what, things aren't quite right for me. That's where you need to talk to someone, be it a professional or not, but finding the right person. Because if you say all that and someone's like, I'll just get on with it. You're like, yeah. great. And that's not going to help you at all. Yeah, I, I think that Sometimes, you know, what's the saying, heavy is the head that wears the crown. Uh, mm. I think that in many ways, uh, you know, fathers, uh, you could say, you know, in, in the traditional sense are the, are the leaders of the family. Uh, and in many cases, the, the providers. Uh, and so I, I guess you could say for this way for women as well, but we're talking about men in this situation. But there's a lot of responsibilities uh, that a man has uh, sometimes that so heavy that, you know, it, it's everywhere in that crown. And sometimes they will abdicate that or they'll sometimes men will become a child uh, so that they'll let their wives take care of them like they would a child uh, yeah. because that crown may be too heavy for them or 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 maybe their partner is not making it very light. Uh, and you'll see other guys who will fall into some of these other addictive behaviors uh, like you're talking about, maybe overindulging in uh, food or, or, or just being lazy or social media or, um, you know, other addictions that, uh, that yeah. are easy distractions. And so I think that as you, you know, I think that part of it is just strengthening your own head or shoulders, if you will, uh, to be able to carry that crown and to say, okay, and to step into your true role as a, a masculine man and uh, be that leader in your home, be that support for your spouse uh, and and not just wither away under the pressure of it. Uh, I mean, you, I think you, you're not going to take a, that pressure uh, away. You just have to step up to the plate, basically. Yeah, uh, and it's we find with guys, it's like, can you find an outlet? If because for everybody, you can get stressed and feel pressure and stuff. And again, if you can find uh, some guys find, let's say, going to jujitsu or mm-hmm. boxing or playing football or just going with your mates, <laughs> whatever it is, whatever your thing is. You know, especially when guys are finding things hard, it's like you need to firstly get away from screens. Generally, I don't think that's particularly helping. Uh, it depends on what your outlet is, but you know, getting outside. So many men are disconnected from nature, mm-hmm. let's say. And you know, I'm lucky now we've moved to the to the countryside. But I mean, I was back in London last week, and I was in Oxford Street, which again, let's just be like it'd be like Times Square on a hot sunny day, and there was just people everywhere, and cars and taxis and stuff and beeping and everything. And I was like, wow, like you felt like it got your mind revving at a much higher pace than when you come out here and 
when I got home that night, I got out of the car and there was just no sound at all apart from I hear like a, an owl hooting in the distance and that's it. Yeah. And most men won't give themselves the opportunity to disconnect from screens, tech, Wi-Fi, 5G, all that, which is harming men and switch off completely, which I think is uh, something men you know, could do, but most don't realize the, the benefit of it and the power of it. Yeah, we have, a, we have a unique way of getting out. There's a unique way in the United States that we have of, of getting outside and, and blowing off some steam uh, that is uh, usually going to the gun range. <laughs> yeah, we love to I do that. <laughs> prime example. And, and sadly, over here, we don't get that. Um, you know, I've got an air rifle, but it's not, not the same as taking a, taking a gun out. I, I interviewed a guy on our podcast called Neil Kramer, who's a, an English guy but lives in... Um, um, trying to think whereabouts in um, up, upstate Washington or somewhere like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Oregon, that's it. I knew it was in there somewhere. Um, and he said, like, as a Brit, it was great to be able to go out there. And if you're interested in it, be able to get a good collection of guns and fire them off. And, you know, that's your letting off steam. Yeah. Because let, let's be honest, in the States, they'd love to take guns away for everybody, just like <laughs> they did in Australia, because oh, yeah. then how would men defend themselves if a tyrannical government came and wanted to do something? Yep. So hey, you get it. You get it, man. I don't know why people can't get it here. <laughs> oh, it's, it's it's an interesting rabbit hole to go down. But what what the government what what they really need is perhaps if there could be some shootings, then they could blame people with guns, and then then that's their push to take them away. Oh, yeah. So, but uh, yeah, that's what they did in Australia. And now you know, it, with, with lockdowns, if if they want to enforce something on you, what are you going to do? Nothing. Get your rolling pin out and get some spoons out and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right, man. Uh, totally. In fact, I was—you said Oregon, and I was like, "Oh, I'm surprised they even let them have anything in Oregon." <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, it's too bad nowadays that it's 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 pretty expensive to go to the range. You know, you're throwing like a quarter down the range every time you pull the trigger. So, <laughs> yeah. And when yeah. you're with and Ethan, I, it's like two dollars, two dollars. <laughs> yeah, seriously. You know, with the with the cost of living now, which you know is is crazy um and it's not just one thing i mean i'm obviously for you guys as well but the interest rates over here are going to go up and yeah. it's it's you know the, the people that are running the show are are destroying the economy which they did for two years during covid uh you know i should say covid just the lockdowns let's just call it that because yeah. it was oh it was it was covid that did it, it was like, it wasn't it was the was them, it was yeah. the decisions by the people in charge yeah but people don't understand honestly the amount of people that i thought were experts that i've realized in the last two or three years are totally clueless about how the world works and i heard some the other day who i thought was quite clever and they said yeah with this you know the financial issue we just need to print more money and everything will be fine and i was like whoa <laughs> like, isn't that, that how we got here yeah exactly. correct <laughs> ethan's like yeah uh, that's how we got here and you're like what don't you understand about if you just print more money it, that's not the answer and i mean you see that the debt clock in the us i mean oh, we're yeah. you know we keep hitting it and it keeps raising but at some point it has to stop and when it does stop it is an implosion that people would not have seen before and, and probably won't see again so it's uh, it's an interesting time to be alive guys definitely uh crazy time to be alive uh, i want to shift gears a little bit and talk about something that you uh that you talk about in your courses or in your coaching and that is the one day reset morning. Uh, mm. I was curious to know a little bit more about that. I think the morning routine is so important. Uh, yeah. And so wanted to hear your thoughts on, on that. I'll give, you a, I'll give you a potted history of it or a potted kind of breakdown because I do talks 
of this for companies and teach it to their their staff but that usually is like an hour because yeah, yeah, yeah. i yeah. know we haven't got that but but just as you said um jared just said morning routine is important for all of us what i see after the 130 men i've interviewed on the podcast is most of them have some kind of morning routine and i think for all of us look at people that are doing well and say well what can i learn from that what are the things the common you know commonalities between them and I always say a morning routine isn't going to be answered to all your problems, but if you can start the day the right way, fairly healthy, you know, um, focused, productive, that is going to have that ripple knock-on effect for the rest of the day. So the MBTD method, I mean, I've read some other great books on morning routines. There's a miracle morning, but that's yep. a seven-step method, which is great. But then I found myself sitting there going, oh, what, well, I'm up step five, six, I'm now confused. <laughs> And we said, look, move, breathe, think and drink. So move being in the morning. Can you do some kind of movement? Now, some of us might be lucky they can go to the gym for an hour. Great. But when I worked in the city, I had to be in at 6.45 in the morning. So you are not going to be going to the gym any earlier than that because you have to sleep and exist in the real world. Mm -hmm. So move being, can you do something? You know, even if it's two minutes, because some guys say, do you know what? I can do 10 press ups, push ups in the morning. And that just gets the blood pumping and just makes me feel better. So you could expand that, but you can see the move is the movement part of things. Breathe being a lot of people breathe up here all the time and they don't do their belly breathing, which means they're not utilizing all of their lungs. Basically. Now I had a collapsed lung when I was younger, hence why I had my call it body transformation. So I understood more of the importance of breath work. So my left lung doesn't go up and down. It stays fully inflated. Hmm. whereas obviously your right lung is like a you know a balloon going up and down yeah so the breathing side um we saw so many men that in the morning you're like gotta get up look at emails grab coffee get to work say goodbye to the kids blah 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 and you're like do you actually take any time to just stop and literally just for a little while be like and when you do everything just slows down a bit so that would be the move the breathe the think being depends if you're religious or not but that might mean praying to you but also before you sit at your desk what are the two or three things that you must get done that day because it's easy to be in a reactive state when and we've all done you sit at your desk and like open up and you've got eight emails and you're like right i need to email them talk to them and then oh this one's come in and at the end of the day you've probably put off the thing that you really needed to do because it wasn't very attractive which is where the book eat that frog comes in isn't it with brian tracy where it says you know if you had to eat a disgusting frog today, when's the best time to do it? First thing in the morning to get it out of the way. Yeah. So move, breathe, think. And the last one is drink because I'm a real coffee lover. Um, but I understand a, the importance of kind of replenishing your body after probably seven or eight hours of not having any, um, any liquid at all. But that first thing, not necessarily being coffee or caffeine, but actually having like apple cider vinegar with warm water or, um, you know, just squeezed lemon with warm water ideally drunk through a um, uh, aluminium straw, not the plastic straws and not straight away because it, it affects the enamel on your teeth. Oh, so, really? Why is the, why the aluminum straw? Um, so firstly, the plastic straws are just useless, but the aluminum straw is just, it means you can just keep reusing it oh, instead okay. of chucking them out all the time. So okay. they'll always be in your drawer, if that makes sense. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's one of those things that once we bought, I was like, yeah, it, make, it makes sense. Like we've, We've got six straws and we use them the whole time instead of just going through crappy plastic ones all the time. Um, although I would, it's funny, I would say on that, that um, 
I remember reading research saying like men shouldn't drink from straws because it affects the your jawline and makes you more feminine. So, <laughs> uh, which quite conceivable. So I, I that's the only time I drink from a straw is uh, if I'm in the morning. I, yeah. I, I call them I call them sissy sticks. Yeah, there oh, you go. So like hi, and it's like you know the warriors of old. I don't think sat there you know sucking on a little straw. <laughs> I actually, I actually read an article recently that the stand, you know, that there's there's something really popular called these Stanley Cups in the United States, where they're just you know women like go yeah. crazy over and you can have them at Costco or wherever. And uh, they were saying that women drinking these straws all the time is almost making like that smoker like mm-hmm. look on your lips because you always have your lips puckered around that straw, and it's almost yeah. like creating that smoker thing. So I'm like, oh, that's interesting. There you go. Well, so that's the move, breathe, sink, and then drink being what's the first thing you have in the morning to replenish yeah. your body. And most, let's be most people, my partner's a naturopathic nutritionist, so I'm speaking from her experience of working with clients for a long time. Nearly everybody is not drinking enough water. Yep, true. For one, and, and also throughout the day, so people get a bit excited, drink a bit, and then they forget and have coffees. But then it comes down to what quality is the water. Because if you're putting crappy water in you, it's better than nothing. But, you know, we, we've invested in a really good water filter because the um, the fluoride they put in the water is uh, people don't like to admit it, but it's terrible for your health. And people get brainwashing to thinking you have to have it. But actually, you know, ask yourself why when they put fluoride in the water, they all wear hazmat suits It's because it's, <laughs> it's toxic for you. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if you can filter the water. Um, I remember watching the film, I think it was Dark Waters, which is the one based out in the States where one of the. It's one of the companies that created Tefal or Teflon for the for the coating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were pouring all of the unused chemicals in the river locally to them, which was killing all the cows and giving everybody cancer. Um, and we always say, look around at not just what you're eating and drinking, but what you're cooking it on. Yeah. You know, what it's being filtered through. If you're drinking plastic bottles through plastic bottles, which are probably sat on a dockside in the sunshine and the rubbish chemicals have all leached into it. Mm-hmm. So there's all these little things that we can take a guy and say, listen, if you tweak all these little one percents, you know, if your morning routine is you're going to do a little bit of exercise, do a little bit of breathing, think what you've got to do and don't have coffee first thing, have something one day and it's not going to be like your whole world changes. But over the course of days, weeks, months, those compound decisions can kind of you know make you hopefully a healthier, um, you know, healthier, happier man. I like that. I like that breakdown. <clears throat> Is it so? It's move, think, breathe, drink. That's it. Yep. Move, I, uh, breathe, think, and drink. MBTD. Yeah, I, I think that's the nice breakdown of just kind of keeping it simple. Of you know, have I done my, have I done my four things right? Have I, yep. have I kind of accomplished that? So, well, this is this has really been great, Anthony. Um, you know, and, and and before we get to the end here we always want to ask all of our guests uh, kind of a, a personal question. And that personal question is about your personal creed. So a creed is kind of, you know, it, it's what a brother's creed podcast is really built around. And it's what Jared and I's goal is to build our own personal creed. So creed is a, a set of beliefs or principles that help you to guide your actions in your life. And so we are curious if you would share a portion of your personal creed with us, whether that's a a quote or a mantra or a scripture or a way of living or whatever it might be, some advice that you have kind of 
built over over your lifetime and your experiences um, that has helped guide the actions that you make in your life gladly and i think it's it's funny probably like for you guys I mean, i'm 45 now so i'm getting to that stage where I, i'd like to think i've got quite a lot of little nuggets of wisdom so uh, you always kind of like feel like you're delving into a, a dark box and picking something out but <laughs> the one for me is uh it's a i think it's five words yes just to check we'll get that wrong <laughs> and it, it's one saying which it sounds so eye-wateringly simple when you hear it that a lot of people be like oh yeah, yeah i know that but you're like no do you really hear it if you let it manifest ruminate in your mind for a little bit and i learned it about i don't know seven years ago which changed my life which was your thoughts control your feelings because so many people don't understand that you get to decide how you feel and you know happiness is a construct in your mind because you know you you might know someone that lives on the street that's earning you know five dollars a day begging and they've got a happy face on them and then you meet a ceo who's got a, the latest mercedes and earns a six-figure salary and what have you who's stressed out of his head and his marriage is falling apart and you go well okay it's not the money and what have you that creates the happiness as we know it's what's in your mind and i think for people it's not to say that rubbish and challenges don't come to you but as you know you can decide to either spend your whole time concentrating on them or you can actually realize that it's up to you you know you you create your feelings basically and thoughts are going to come in but you can either concentrate them all the time or allow them like you know have a bit like clouds that pass in the sky to not construct them let, let them go so my gift there is your thoughts control your feelings i like it yeah i, I totally agree with that it's i think that you know there are thoughts is, is the impetus of all of our actions one thing that i've been trying to teach my kids recently uh, and you have kids you know like oh so and so looked at me it's like or or they said that i ha they said that i looked weird and like i'm like that doesn't affect you i was like or that one thing i always say and i don't know if this is i'm, I'm like are you weird I, I was like well they say well so and so called me stupid i was like well are you stupid and then they think about for a second and they're like well no and i'm like well then why does it matter what someone says it's like, why does it matter if he's calling you stupid if you know that you're not stupid? And this yeah. is like, just don't let it affect you. Uh, and so trying to build a little bit of resiliency here, you know. Yeah. But, uh, it, you know, that's so important because, uh, you know, especially yeah, everything is just a filter through your emotions. Uh, and mm. Well, for, for kids especially, I think it's so important. I, I'm kind of mildly embarrassed when I think that I didn't really get into personal development mindset till I was about 35, 36. And my partner, Emma, and I've said it many times, but said to me when I was like thinking of leaving the city, she's like, you should listen to this podcast by this guy called whoever. And I was like, what? I'm, I, I'm not listening to podcasts. Like, I'm really busy. Like, I'm just busy doing something. I'm busy being busy. And then I listened to the one podcast uh -huh. and was like, oh, I enjoyed that. I listened to another and another. And that was the first time I heard the word Tony Robbins. But you think that how my life has transformed in those 10, 12 years, you take a child who's five or six who's just hearing in the background the podcast we listen to if it was our one or nutrition yeah. or fitness or mindset or sleep or whatever that is slowly filtering in i mean they're basically being brainwashed if that makes sense but <laughs> everybody's being brainwashed you decide who you'd be brainwashed by if that makes sense <laughs> i heard that term last week by um i don't know if you know who garrett j white is the guy that runs wake up warrior i've heard, heard of wake up warrior yeah 
I was on his four day course, which was hard because it was US time. So I was doing the course from five o'clock at night till two in the morning and then living my normal day. Dang, that brother. That's a, that's a, that's a four tough. nights in a row. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, which was interesting. But, but very much that, as he said, we're all being brainwashed just by what we're consuming. It's up to you to decide what or who brainwashes you. So if you can help your kids like that, I think that's so impressive because a child at five, by the time they're 10 that have heard that stuff, is streets ahead. And a guy, of, you know, a child of 10 or 15 or 20 is going to be miles ahead in mindset, fitness, strength in mind, body, everything. So it's uh, if that's one big takeaway, it's like kids interested in stuff, even if it's in the background early on and you watch them fly. Yeah. Just planting that seed. That's right. Uh, the I guess one additional thing on that, as I recently watched, uh, there's this uh, new documentary on Netflix. It's about Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, it's actually really good. Uh, and one of the things he talks about was when he uh, was really young. He was uh, gr- he grew up in a small town in Austria, and he was like really into like bodybuilding and stuff. And so. Uh, as like a kind of a teenager, he had all these pictures of like guys posing and stuff on his bedroom wall. And he said that he would just sit there at night and just look at those pictures of those muscle men and like all this stuff. And he's like, he, he's like, my parents were like so upset. They're like, oh my gosh, our, our, our teenage son only has pictures of, of half naked guy on his walls. <laughs> where's the girls yeah exactly but he was just talking about how he was just visualizing and how he was just thinking and thinking and thinking about being that and about being on stage and having people shout out his name for winning and so just that having that constantly in his mind and visualizing that over and over again really is what helped him uh, focus in and, and and achieve that success that he did within the bodybuilding world and then and then beyond that as well yeah i think you know what you just said about visualization um i think that's so important and most of us don't realize the the power of that until you let's say you speak to professional sportsmen who are taking penalties or, or golfers who spend a lot of time or even you know racing drivers formula one who will be in their mind like visualizing going around tracks and doing it and i remember talking to our, our eldest son um, and I'm trying to think what he was trying to do, but I said, like, just visualize you doing it first. And again, like, I'd never heard that till I was in whatever year I was in, you know, as a, as a, as a grown man, but as a boy, I, he then, it was so funny because you'd see him be like, and you're like, great. <laughs> like, if it doesn't seem odd to you as a child, then you can build on that. And uh, that's one of the big things I see for a lot of men now. They are maybe led to think that just doing the basic things is all you've got whereas actually you've got meditation you've got journaling you've got um you know doing um how can i put it like different apps that can help you be calmer and all these different things not everything works for everybody but a bit like ethan you said with the morning uh, routine the mbtd if you can find a couple of things that work for you and just stick with those to start with, then you can layer more onto it. But yeah, as a, as a young man or a grown man, you can kind of make changes. It doesn't have to cost you loads of money. Love it. So I know, Anthony, you're over in uh, the UK, but do you ever have any events here in the United States or or you have members of your group here? Or, or what? Uh, how could our I'd members love- reach out to you? Yeah, go ahead. There's a, there's a, there'll be an obvious reason why I wouldn't have been able to come to the States for a few years in the last few years. Um, so that, that would have, that would have held me back. But I always say 
we've got a you know a lot of the guys I've had on the podcast um, always say it's like if you can get over here then doing events but yeah for me it's um focusing on the uk side of things at the moment but never say never about four years ago i met a lady whose husband worked for one of the american football teams and i can't remember which one mm-hmm. and, and if i say i'll probably get it wrong anyway but i remember her saying would you be interested in coming out and like hosting an event out here and i was like of course i would why <laughs> who wouldn't <laughs> Yeah. I think that was I think that was in 2019 and then in 2020 uh, lockdowns and, and everything went to pop to pop but um so never never say never guys and yeah, yeah yeah and I know you have your your journal that you were talking about is that a free resource that anybody can sign up for or is that yeah 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 we realized um and also some some people you know like uh, with buying decisions some people want to just touch and feel it for a, a long time first and then one day go oh i'm i'm ready to to buy mm-hmm. um, and i think that means here's what's important and you guys will know this with the podcast if you're you all the time it makes it a lot easier than if you're pretending to be someone on podcasts or writing so for me it's like you'll get written exactly how it comes out my head i don't sit there and edit it and be like oh let's put perfect wording it's clear concise and for us we've had guest writers as well but it's lots of stuff that a guy can read at 10 o'clock at his desk i mean Mm -hmm. it goes out at 10 o'clock on those mornings and i have guys literally say to me i i can't wait to 10 o'clock on those days because it's my thing to read especially because you should be reading the news because it's all complete lies rubbish (laughs) propaganda yeah and agenda driven so that's what we want is a guy to each week it's a little drip feed of something that's thought-provoking that maybe one week it doesn't resonate, but other weeks it does. So it's that free resource that can help a guy be like, Do you know what, I'm making progress without having to spend my hard-earned money yet, if that makes sense. So yeah, it's completely free. Um, and it's been it's been funny to see, uh, we've moved it onto our website um, because I'm trying to streamline my life instead of add more in, as probably both of you have. I'm like, I don't sit there and be like, I haven't got enough to do at the moment. <laughs> so, uh, so actually, there's a good backlog of like our podcasts all on our website now as well. So if people are interested, you can just kind of you know work through those like a, like a library, basically. Excellent. Yeah. And so your your website is the uh, whole academy, whole, whole, so man, whole academy man academy. That's it. Yeah. Dot com. Yeah. Okay. And we'll post a, a link to that in the show notes as well as uh, maybe your instagram uh so people can follow you on instagram great yep sounds like a plan are you on tiktok as well or uh anything else it's a good question i'm i'm on linkedin um and i realized that was a real untapped resource for connecting with men i mean it sounds obvious but you know there's um i think i said it there was something like 58 million men on or something ridiculous on linkedin you know some someone showed me some stats but anyway i was like you know what if you could even reach something like you know 0.1% 0.1% of all the men on LinkedIn, that'd be like 2 million men or something oh, yeah. ridiculous, which probably for all of us, we're like, that That will do. I don't, I'm not here to take over the world. I just <laughs> want a, a good group. So so LinkedIn is under me. So Anthony Asprey, my name. I have this love-hate relationship with social media, guys, which is I know Same. it is a free, brilliant resource to connect with men all uh, uh, across the world. I also see how much time me as much anybody else gets sucked away from you by sitting there and you're like, oh, I... I just messaged Jared or Ethan quickly about something. And then you're, oh, cat. Scrolling, scrolling, yeah. Oh, look, look, some football stuff. And 20 minutes later, you're like, you close it down and you go, Ethan, Jared, that's what I was doing. What, <laughs> what was I doing? 
so it's I find it really hard and I know so many guys that do because you just get I mean it's deliberately created to keep you addicted to it to keep yeah. you looking at it so I have that relationship so TikTok no um but I did have a we have got a TikTok account but I just stopped posting on it you get to a stage where you're like <laughs> you try to just focus on one or two things yeah we've got YouTube because we've got all the 100 whatever podcasts on there as well mm-hmm. so it's uh it's trying to I don't know, a bit like we say with focusing in the morning, it's like, listen, you could post everywhere if you've got a team. But for me, it's like Instagram, LinkedIn and, and um, YouTube are like our main ones, basically. Awesome. Yeah, I, I, I think that's great. And I would encourage, uh, I've kind of gone through and and, and listened to, to as much as I could, you know, and, and there's some great material there just for men to just become better. And I think that's the that's the main goal of, you know, all of us, whether you're you're coaching or whether you're receiving some coaching or whether you just need that newsletter, you know, at, at 10 o'clock at your desk to kind of give you that that ump for the day. Um, you know, I, the 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 goal here, I think, for, for both of us, uh, Anthony, and, and, then, and then for us on the podcast, too, is just to live happier, more fulfilled lives in what we do. And whatever that life means for you, whether it's husband or bachelor or father or no kids or, uh, you know, super wealthy or trying to figure it out. Right. I, I think uh, we, we've all been in these in are in these different stages and there's no reason why we can't help each other out. Mm. Yes. Yeah. No, I think it's, it's so important because so many guys look around. They're like, OK where's my resources to help me? And if you can listen to guys like us, who are not saying we've got everything sorted in life, but you're honest about where you are and you're in, interested in like getting around other men who want to build each other up. I think that's the, uh, that's the other important thing. Absolutely. Well, Anthony, it's been great having you on today. Uh, appreciate you. And uh, definitely have some folks, uh, we'll have our listeners check out your website and uh, the, the materials that you've guys got coming out. And, uh, I guess for our audience, uh, let's, let's build our creed together. Thank you. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you, Anthony.